A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through stronger and safer movement patterns so that we can together be uplifted, benefiting all beings around us. Today's podcast is about communication and cueing. And this is going to be specific to yoga teachers, but this could be really anyone who has communication in some form in their life. So that would be everyone. No, but you know, it's also uh, for people who, who have a profession where you are communicating because communication, I think we, we know, we hear it all the time. Communication is the most important thing. It's the most important thing in a relationship. It's super important in in partnerships, whether they're business or uh, personal um, partnerships. And communication is not often, it's not really like we're taught how to communicate well per se. I mean, if you are fortunate enough to have been raised with good parents that were great communicators, you have that modeled. If you were taught a little bit in school, some elements of listening and then engaging in dialogue in a schoolroom setting, then then you might be might have gotten some of it. But it's not like it's the traditional um you have like a communication class like you do with the alphabet or the reading, writing and arithmetic type thing. So it is something that is a learned skill. And I will say that for me, I've gotten much better with it over the years. And I continue to want to improve my communication skills because I do have uh, some bumps that I need to work on with myself. But in my yoga teaching and in my movement practice and movement assessments that I do with people, I find that communication is like, it's fundamental. It really is. It's the difference between being able to convey some really important news in a very succinct and um, just a succinct way that lands for people or just spitting out words that don't really have any great, great quality to them or 
great in, inspiration to them. And I would really like to put out a calling to yoga teachers in particular, because this is my particular arena, I would say for the most part that I, I spend most of my time with yoga teachers, teaching yoga teachers. Um, and I only feel like I even have that ability because I've been doing this for several decades. I think that I still am always a student and I want people to help me as well. So I'm not by any means saying that I have the answer, but I will say what works for me and what I find when I um, am teaching my teachers what the feedback that I've gotten from them, um, what is very valuable in terms of learning how to communicate and therefore learning how to cue because cueing is a kind of abbreviated communication form, which is even more important in a way because you have to get a lot of sound bites in quickly that are important and that are, they're, ins- they're instructive. They're not just regurgitation. So I first want to put a calling out to yoga teachers. First of all, be yourself. Communicate from your place, your your heart, your the your languaging, your inspiration, and it will it will not matter uh, what you say in terms of where your foot should be in warrior two or not. It will matter because of how you say it and that it is coming from a place that really is truly you. And I hate using that word authentic because it is overused, but there is no other word I can think of right now. You can tell the difference when someone is communicating in a very authentic way versus not. I don't even have to really know someone to to get a sense that this is that person that I'm I'm witnessing, or this is really sounding like this person is taking on a persona. And it isn't really coming off as as this person's own identity. And this is a big case in the yoga world. And it's unfortunate. I do not blame that. I I will say uh, pretty much across the board, I never blame the yoga teachers. I really would say I would fault more the system that we are just bringing a lot of yoga teachers into the workforce with not sound education in certain areas. I've often talked about functional anatomy and movement. It's still um, completely, I'm I'm pretty floored by the fact that so few yoga teachers have any knowledge of that and it's not their fault. They're paying thousands of dollars, but then somehow yoga uh, or a functional anatomy isn't really deemed as necessary as, as maybe philosophy. And that is okay, except that you're going to be teaching somebody to move in their body. So philosophy is something that you can layer and layer and layer and learn more and decide what you want to add on to it. But people are coming to you for the most part in many of the yoga practices that um, at least I see and I teach, they're coming to you to move. So I would think fundamentally that should be the most important thing is teach them how to really um, take care of themselves in their body. And then you teach what feels very, very true to you, what is inspiring to you. So in communication, you are going to be able to commute some, communicate something when there's a feeling wrapped in it. Like, wow, this, when I practice this pose, this makes me feel so embodied, empowered, connected. This makes me feel expansive, whatever it is. But when you've experienced it, when you feel it, then you can communicate it better. And so what I'll tell people to do is just 
first start writing down, and if you're not a writer, everybody's a writer, P.S., you just haven't practiced, but just write down what is what is the movement practice feel like for you? What has it given you? What do you feel in, when you're really connected to it? And then what part of it is making you feel really lit up? And write that down so that you start to have kind of this baseline from which your communication can flow. So for me, for instance, movement has always brought me home to who I am at my essence. I have a very direct pathway to my deepest self through the path of movement. And that's just been the case since I was a young person. I didn't have to like do a lot of things and then sense something. It just, when I started moving, it was like everything It was like looking through a blurry, you know, lens, um, like a a binoculars and then, and then just a little bit of turning of the dials and everything got into focus. And so that's where I teach from this place of connection and, and going deep within yourself. And, and so that I think can land for people because it's really true to who I am. So find what is true for you when you're in your movement practice and communicate from that standpoint. The second the second thing I'll say about communication and cues is if something doesn't really make sense to you, then probably you shouldn't repeat it. If it just sounds like kind of a pat statement, then figure out a different way to say something. And there's a lot of yogiism and yoga terminology and yoga phrases and I'm not saying any of them are wrong, but if you are just saying that because you've come up on empty in other ways, go and again, get um, get creative. And it doesn't have to be like you're landing huge wisdom bombs, but uh, speak from your your heart. And uh, then, and then and I'll, but also, okay, number three, don't feel like you have to be a, anybody on a pulpit. Okay, you're just guiding people and you're not the you're the guide on the side, not the you know the, the preacher on the pulpit. So you don't feel like you have to have some incredible words of wisdom every single class. Now I've been teaching for so long, and I do it so often. I mean, I am not just talking about it. I'm teaching, you know, eight to ten classes a week. I teach teacher training. I'm just teaching, teaching, teaching. So it is second nature to me. I don't have any plans of what I'm going to say. I have plans of how I'm going to move. That to me is more important. And I will adjust those according to people in the room and the needs and all that. But I have a real idea for the most part when I'm teaching of what I'm going to do. But I don't think about what I'm going to say. I let that come through me. And I think that's a practice that gets better because you practice it. But don't in the meantime feel like you have to have all these kind of things planned out, these wisdom bombs, you know, Dharma talks and all that. Fine. If that feels amazingly authentic to you, then do it. But I know a lot of people who struggle with this and feel like they're somehow less than because they can't quite come up with things that they think are really clever or really inspirational. And, you know, you could just find a quote that really means something to you and not necessarily say the quote during the class, say it if you want to, but Think about what that quote, what like if you were to expand the bubble of the quote, like what would that look like? What is it about that quote that just really resonates for you? And 
you know, I had this this quote last week on a class that I was teaching a couple of weeks ago called Paint Your Pike. And it was a Vincent Van Gogh quote I came across. And I just, I've been very interested in Vincent Van Gogh for many years. I've visited his childhood home. I love, I just love the way he painted. And and I also know he had a very turbulent and um, tumultuous emotional landscape. And he wrote this thing, if you hear a voice that says you cannot paint, then by all means, pick up your paintbrush and paint and the voice will be silenced. And I, I mean, I'm like getting the chills when I say that. When I read that, it's like this, 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 this is everyone. Everyone has a moment or many moments where they have a voice that they really would like to be silent and they don't know how. And sometimes it's actually do the thing that you think you cannot do and that voice will silent you be si- or be silenced. So you can have all of the languaging around that, but I don't even have to say the quote, but I could. I'm just saying, think about it. Um, whatever feels right. The fourth thing I'll say about cueing is, or conversing, converse as if you need this person to understand everything you're saying in a very short amount of time. Let's just say someone you someone was injured in a parking lot and you're going to get help. They've fallen and broken their ankle or something. And you get half, you know, half a mile away and you've come across a car or something. You're not going to say, well, here's what was happening. We need to go to this place. And that, you know, you would say, my friend is injured. Please let's go get him. He hurt his ankle. I need a phone. You know, it's like you would be cut to the chase. And I'm not saying as we teach, we need to have that kind of emergency procedure, but we need the clarity. There's a lot of teaching that is just yada, 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 very flourishy. We don't need to fill the space. We need to be clear with our instructions. It doesn't, again, have to be emergent, but it has to feel like I understand exactly what this person wants. And it's it's so safe to be led in a class, know where you're going, and not have this kind of suspended feeling, where are we going? When is, when is, this, when is this teacher going to tell us what we're supposed to be doing? So be clear, be concise with your cueing, and you'll find that in your conversations, I've become a better conversationalist off of the mat, off my teaching, because of how I teach. And they really reinforce each other. You know, I try and be less verbose and talk for sure, but not just talk just to talk. And that is also something that I think is an art form for people who do do a lot of talking in their lives. Take a breath when you're conversing too. Make sure you breathe and you pause. And the final thing I'll say, because there's a lot I could say about cueing conversations, but I think I'll leave it at this, is listen to yourself as if there's somebody floating in the air above you and think, does this make sense? Is this interesting? Are there extra words in there? Notice any of your filler words and become really committed to get rid of them. The, I'm going to, now you're going to, uh, now, mm, you know, just all the things we say that are filler. We don't need them. And actually when we pay attention to how we converse 
And what what we say will get so much better at not having all those filler words and being okay with some quiet, some pauses. Give people an opportunity to feel what they're going to feel instead of telling them how they're going to feel it. And that's my biggest goal when I'm leading a class is I'm gonna, I want to set somebody up for success and set somebody up for an experience, but I'm not going to tell them what to experience or feel. And I think that gives such freedom to the students to feel what they want to feel and feel empowered. I'm not telling them you're so strong, you know? I, I might say that sometimes, but that's not my like that's not my go-to language because I want them, I'm just gonna set them up for success to feel that way. So figure out the the kind of teacher that you like, the kind of communicator that you like to be around, and then emulate that more in your own communication and cueing. And if you have anything you'd like to add to this, I'd love to hear it. You can email me at podcast at movementbylara.com or always Lara at movementbylara.com and let me know some ideas you have or any questions you have because I'd love your feedback. And try out my daily lit classes and tell me how my feed, how my cueing and conversation is because I would love that as well. So as always, sending you lots of hugs and love. Let's all raise the bar on cueing better, on conversing better off and on the mat so that we can be our best and our strongest and our most compassionate for ourselves and all beings around us. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.